Hey, this is Russell, and I have the greatest job in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. But interesting people pop in to rent something, and that is what happened today. The cinematographer, the DOP, will get into the difference in this episode so camera person, Gavin Pincus, who is a good friend of ours and a very talented man, came in to rent something. But before we get into it, thank you to everyone who came to our video store presents night last week at the Bioscope. It was so great to meet you, so great to present films, and we are certainly going to be doing those again. We're going to keep them coming. The moment we have the next one, we will be announcing it on the show. But let's get into it. This is Gavin Pincus popping in to rent something. How's it? Hi. It's good old Gavin Pincus. And I appreciate your t-shirt. Thank you. We're going to get into it. He's got a very cool The Thing t-shirt on. Um, what were you saying about John Williams? I was saying on Instagram, there was this reel of, they like stripped the music out of the last scene of, I think it was Return of the Jedi when they're all like, when they're all, um, you know, getting crowned for being amazing and the rebellion doing their thing. And, uh, oh. <laughs> and it's basically the one, the one just, where Chewbacca gets ignored. Well, yeah. So actually, in this thing, Chewbacca just screams, but it's a human voice. So yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and you hear the occasional like cough. Yeah, and then you see Han Solo and Luke Skywalker looking at Leia like they're about to go and have a threesome. <laughs> and it was really creepy. And then R two does his little shuffle. And it was just funny because did R two get a medal? John Williams's amazing score. A movie scene like that kind of makes. Not no sense, but it's it's just such a dull side of a moment and creepy and weird and I wouldn't yeah it was gross. Speaking of which, I saw something. John Williams is now the most nominated person in Academy history across all across everything. He is the most Oscar nominated person in history. Fantastic and well deserved. It's something yeah. like fifty nominations. Oh my god, it's wild. Um, you were about to say something about the Oscars. Yeah, the, that the, just, nom- that just the nominations just came out. Yeah. Did anything blow your pants off, Gad? Well, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once, 11 nominations. Yep. So that leads. Michelle Yo from Everything, Everywhere, All mm-hmm. at Once, is the first Asian woman to be nominated for Best Actor. Fantastic. Uh, or Actress. But I mean, the first uh, Asian woman to, to be nominated. It's about damn time. It's interesting. It's mm. amazing when these things happen. Yeah. Um, going back to your T-shirt, I watched The Thing for the first time with Cole, oh. who is a good friend of yours. He is indeed. And I must say, I went in with a little trepidation, thinking this is going to be a weird old horror film that I'm perhaps not going to enjoy or is not going to date well. And I really fucking loved it. So good. It's so I really, good. really loved it. That's the fantastic. Original. That's the one in the where they're out in the snow. What? Yeah. Yeah. So it's in Antarctica. Yeah, that's it. And apparently, um, there are guys that are stationed out in Antarctica in real life that, on the winter solstice, 
get together and watch the thing apparently <laughs> in these in these um stations i would love to join them it could be amazing that's like the best holiday i thought it could be cool to do um a screening at the bioscope when we in winter we could also do it in the winter solstice and Just leave can, all the doors open and we can make the cinema really cold we can put on the aircon and you got to come in your like jacket and you got to watch the thing <laughs> i'm down and I would, we must watch both of them back to back the 2011 version and the old original. I haven't seen the other one. I haven't yep. seen the later one. So the other one is um, effectively a prequel. It's a prequel. And it cuts to the frame, cuts perfectly into... So it's basically the sa- like the same movie, full movie. Watch them top, like back to back. And they oh, so almost... Start with the new one. Start with the new one, go to the old one, and it's... And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Starts with the helicopter chasing the dog and all of that stuff. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's so, but okay. So it's not trying to tell the same story. No, it's a, an exact prequel of how it all how it all happened. Yeah. So basic back of the box is, um, or at least on the original one, is um, a bunch of dudes are working in an Antarctic station. Some crazy weird presence arrives, so yeah. to speak, and yeah. what makes the thing its name and why it's kind of so scary is that it could kind of take on <clears throat> can inhabit anything be it a, an animal or a human yes it and then mim- there's a whole it mimics bunch of, you yeah yeah and it what it mimics its host it's like a it's a very efficient parasites and um so people think they're feel- just talking to normal people yeah yeah and then these weird crazy practical effects happen at least in the first one mm. and that's what made it so haunting for me is that it was very visceral and back in the day before CGI, they obviously had to use practical effects. And you realize it's kind of lasting effect on you as the audience because it's just so tangible where I think the prequel that we're talking about was critiqued for being very CGI heavy. Yes. And was it the same? Um, you can definitely well, tell that they were trying to push boundaries on the CGI. And I think they did a, a phenomenal job of it. They tried to do practical things where they could. Um, where they weren't moving around too much. They just didn't have any money when they made that first movie. That's the thing it's, about... It's, it's all practical. That's the thing about yeah. things like Halloween and all these mo- movies which... But his ha- first one was Dark Sun? You're talking about John Carpenter. The f- isn't the thing John Carpenter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no, but his first movie was those two guys in the spaceship. Oh, Did yes. I, I haven't seen it. I can't I've remember. only heard of it. Okay. I try to watch it. It's I mean it's 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 super interesting, <laughs> okay. but it's like it was made for no money. Like, yeah. like yeah. literally no money. It's just like two guys in this like locked off little space for an entire movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's great to have you here come and visit us. Thanks for the invite. Tour. Um you are good chummies with Cole, yeah. who's another co worker. You have shot a bunch of well, at least one video that I know of that Cole's directed. Yeah. And you are a cinematographer. You're a DOP. Yeah. What What is the difference? Uh, is there actually a difference in those terms between director of photography and a cinematographer? I, I, what do you call yourself? I call myself a DOP because that's what most people in South Africa call it. Okay. Um, so I, is it a localized word? It, it It is partly that and it's also partly... Like a DOP can sometimes shoot commercials and narrative stuff. A lot of people have this like, I don't know if it's mystique around the word cinematographer where they only shoot narrative and they only shoot movies. Uh, sometimes okay, it's a so British what, versus American kind okay, of language so it thing. Is, it is a vague term, yeah, and but it's largest, largely rather pretentious 
And if you have shot a narrative full-length film, you can call yourself a cinematographer. Correct. So I'm, no, I'm not a cinematographer. <laughs> by, by that pretentious standard. By that standard, standard yes, the, the mantle. But you spend your day... I find it such an interesting job. It's one of those because a good friend of ours, Tom, obviously a member of Short Straw, does the same thing. Mm. And um, You tell people where to point the lights. Yeah. No, but it, and it's drink a, lattes. It's a, <laughs> it's a very interesting job because you 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 have to physically be there. Mm. I know that sounds painfully obvious, but it's there are jobs where you can work remotely or control a team or manage something or plan, but what makes uh, production, specifically production, so intense, and especially someone like a, a DOP, is like, you got to fucking be there at sunrise yep, to catch the sunrise yep. on camera. <laughs> like yep, you yep, can't yep. get someone else. So it's a really tough job. It is a tough job. Um, I stumbled into it haphazardly because I didn't go to film school, and okay. I fell in love with it. It was like something that just captured me, and I, I realized I've always loved movies, and I've loved film did you come at it through photography? No, I came at it through an internship at a corporate video company after oh, wow. working at a video store for three years. Now let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. Segway. No, no, but just to start off. So you worked at a video store? I did. Okay, I did. Like, a, like a Tarantino. No. Okay. Way, no, way cucker. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people like admire that aspect of Tarantino that he just like got to watch movies at a video store and that would kind of set him on his course. I think I had a semi-Tarantino experience. Yeah, Gaddy worked at a video store too. Yeah, that's wonderful. An actual one. <laughs> Formative um, character building years. Where were you yeah. in your life oh, at this point? I was a high school dropout and skateboarding and I needed to make money. Oh, you actually did drop out of I high school? I dropped out of high school for financial reasons, uh, which I won't go into. No, it's, no. it's boring and depressing. Yeah, yeah. But um, I went through two different phases of video store life. One where... I was just an employee, a friend of mine hooked me up a job and we were allowed to watch movies there and we were allowed to order what we wanted for stock and the crew, or the, the employees of the video store were allowed to put through their recommendations for our very small and budding arts and culture and foreign language f section. Okay. So that's where I learned like, that the blockbuster wasn't the only type of movie around. Yeah, it's wild when that happens. Yeah. And there were a few DVD stores, video stores, sorry, in Johannesburg that were were amazing at this. It was, I think, the video spot. There was one in Melville. I can't remember the name. Gad worked at the one in Melville. DVD Gurus. DVD Guru. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. Then there was yeah. one called Absolutely Fabulous, That's which right. I think is still around in some shape or form. Yeah. Where were you? I was at Paws DVD in Greenside, which is now a sushi shop. Okay. Yeah, I think it's still a sushi Pause. shop. Paws. 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 Oh. oh, like Play and like Paws. Play and Paws. Yeah. In Greenside. Yeah. Because there is still some video store there, the Majestic, which is just that's, around the corner. That's Henny's place, yeah. Henny is used still to, a video shop open? It, I think so. I yeah. believe it is. What? The Majestic, yeah. That's I so believe weird. it is. Um, okay, and, and so you were discovering other film at that time. You were realizing they, they come in other languages. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and they can tell interesting stories. I remember when I saw Amelie for the first time, I was like, I've never seen a movie like this. Yeah, <laughs> told that, in this way. That's a par these, massive paradigm shift with for these me. These colors and this, yeah, cut to this and this segue and this. Oh my god! And it's like lovely, huh? all the B grade stuff because we were getting um, Stokinicor and New Metro representatives in. I'd say once every two weeks or once a month, and we were just find flip file. 
Yeah, bring you the flip file. What do you want? Is it Casino Royale? Is it, I don't know. Like and how many copies and... of these do you want? Yeah, exactly. Is... So like, oh, new releases, we need seven copies of this. And then every now and then we just sneak in a, okay, this is like SLC Punk or Suspiria or something Lahane in the background. If you always uh... have some weird movie at the end. <laughs> the last yeah. page. And then, yeah, the, yeah. Weirdly enough, that's often how, um, just even in the distribution and the sales of, of cinema, on the higher level, like from the from the production companies to the sales agents and the sales agents to the distributors, they, they often do the same thing with Art House where they'll obviously be trading in the big big Hollywood stuff and then they'd say, but and I'll throw in this and this and this. Mm. And so a lot of like even bigger sales deals across the world do the same thing with Art House where they're like, and there's this very interesting little little French French film and, and often these Shit. things don't have much value until they like take something it can or like get something or become Oscar nominated and there's a lot of great movies that just don't unfortunately get those nods or just don't get it put in front of enough people but yeah. when it happens they then all of a sudden have this price tag but they've been around for years. Very interesting machine. Yeah, it's bizarre. Okay, so you watched some biggies. What were, what were some of the ones that sort of hit you? <sighs> okay, so, I mean, the, a lot of them are like dark, weird movies, uh, like Gummo. Oh, interesting. Gummo. How, how many Korean? Yeah, Bad okay. Boy Bubby was another oh one. Oh my God, I was just saw that. That's a <laughs> Bad phenomenally Boy? tragic, but also rad punk coming of age, weird drama. Bad and Boy Bubby. It's an Australian film. It's a great title. Okay, I've never heard of it. It is phenomenal. Um, if you've got the stomach for okay. things. Gross, right. gross out. Gross out. What, a bit of a buddy horror? Or what is it? Incest. Oh, wild. Yeah. It is wild, but okay. it ends up being super punk rock and super cool. Then. Okay, <laughs> but it's a yeah, it's a it's a boundary finding film. Yeah, totally. And uh, what else? Delicatessen. Yes. Um, I mentioned before Lahane. Uh, Lahane is amazing. Yeah, oh, Lahane's uh, um, the black and white French yeah, film. It's a hate, yeah. And then I just remember the that interesting scene with the little man in the in the bathroom. It sort of comes out of the toilet door and talks to them. <laughs> yeah. There's an amazing shot with the with the mirror where like it goes through the mirror or uh, something. I haven't watched that movie yeah, it since then. Needs a then. refresher. But I yeah. need a refresher, and that's uh, that's something that I actually I'm trying to do these days. And off days, just yeah. watch old films. Yeah, old and cinema. I'm kind of doing that for a lot of the obvious ones that I think I've missed. Mm. And all of a sudden, you just feel so much better going like, oh, that's what that movie's all about. Yeah, like yeah. someone actually. Um, messaged on Instagram the other day and said, when's the Priscilla Queen of the Desert screening? And I was like, I've always known of the movie and I know it's got all these, obviously... Have like, you never shot queer films? I, I've never even watched the movie. Uh, that's so weird. I'd, like, the moment you said it, it feels like something that the bioscope is Totally, screens. exactly. And so like that all of a sudden goes on a list where I'm like, I need to watch this because we could probably find the rights through a back catalogue if it was part mm. of like a, a bigger studio release. And we can do some kind of dress up or some kind of, we can invent it in some way. I think it's, it's drag queens. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's Australian, I think. That's well, what also made me think of it. I'm guilty. I can't remember watching the movie ever, yeah. which is terrible yeah. of me. Have you seen it? Do you think no, you've seen it? Yeah, probably. Do you recognize the title from the Mnet book? <laughs> what is the Mnet book, Gad? Well, you mean we the TV guide? No, but my dad used to call it the Mnet book. It's <laughs> the DSTV guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV guide. It's the Mnet book. That's another, that's another wild sort of relic of our past. Yeah. It's the same as a phone book. 
I know. But you'd Can go, you believe you'd it? Go that, through that and have all, all our telephone numbers for all the people you knew were listed in and, a book. And all the people you didn't know. Yeah. But they, <laughs> their address and their phone number was just given out. <laughs> really easy to be a serial killer. And once a year or whatever, you could get this big book, page through it, and find your friend's address and number. Wild. I remember this. I, remember I mean, clearly. <laughs> the puppy act. I remember my first landline <laughs> number for my first house ever. Still yeah. remember them. It's like you had to memorize that I've stuff. I've incorporated that into my like personal passwords because it's like the one string of numbers yeah. that like I've committed to memory. Yes. That and my high school girlfriend's number. Because cool. you phoned her like, you know, once a day for <laughs> two years. I remember, Those like are literally cl- the only <laughs> numbers I know. I know my uh, grand's number from when she lived in Durban. Number. I used to call her every Friday night to wish her good shows on a Friday night so I know her number. Your grand's number from Durban. You're my, a mensch. My boba. Your boba. <laughs> Your boba. Um, yeah, I've been with a lovely woman for well over two years now and in an emergency, I could not tell you her cell phone number. <laughs> and we occasionally joke about it and we occasionally go like, we should really learn each other's numbers, but we just are yet to. <laughs> I think we should start a support group. <laughs> Absolutely no idea what just numbers. Yeah, you don't know your girlfriend's number. Not at all. Um, Gad saying Boba. Um, there was such a Bo- funny Boba. Boba. There was such a funny thing that Gad and um, do you know Zam? Yes. Yeah. Jean-Luc, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were saying how funny it would be if you could remake The Godfather, but instead it's like a a, a matriarchal a Jewish grandmother. It's called the Bubba. <laughs> the Bubby, what was it? It was called yeah, the Bubby. It became the Bubby. The Bubby. The Bubby. It's funny. I would watch it. I would watch it too. I would spend She'd probably be more ruthless and kick more. But it'd be hilarious, but like nothing would be played for laughs. Yeah. It'll just be super serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you <laughs> go in very joke. seriously. Yeah. That'll be the joke. Lovely. Where did you put the pickled herring? <laughs> the pickled herring. Where is it? <laughs> Slam the jaw. <laughs> um, Pure bobby. And it's actually a head of something. What have you um, been enjoying recently? Um, very recently, the HBO Last of Us TV okay. series. Did you watch episode two yet? I have. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, okay, I haven't gotten into it. It's it's on Showmax. It's it is actually on yeah. Showmax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, HBO stuff comes to yeah. Showmax. That's you it. were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Episode two felt like I've never. Have you played the game before? I've played the game multiple times. Multiple times. Okay. Because okay. there's been like two remasters. Yes. So I've played both of them. I in December <laughs> sold my PS4 to one of my key grips, good friend of mine. He hasn't had played hasn't played video games since he was 16, so he yeah. bought the PS4, we upgraded to a PS5 and the first thing we bought was the the remake of The Last of Us 1. What and is the what is the story behind um the game? Cuz it's is it a concept that you say has now been remastered? So is it the same story? It's exactly the same story. They've rebuilt the game like from the ground up. Okay. Just like, to as the, the new hardware improve and Yeah. And so they little, just sort of gave it a, a, a fresh coat of paint. So absolutely, to speak. like okay, but all of its core is the same. It's not like it's a separate precisely new same game. character, same story, same linear whatever is going now on. They get away with that. It's ridiculous. And, it's and, a cash grab in a way, but also it's a, it is a brand new experience because the original game came out in 2014. But I mean, PS3. you've played it. You've played mm. it, and you know all those beats. It's I know all the beats, but I still want to be scared. Um, and with oh, different so, lighting. <laughs> uh, oh, so is it the same in the fact that you kind of know how to play the game? Pretty much. 
Oh wow! Pretty much. Um, I'm a sucker so it's like for that. Rewatching a movie, but just now in 3D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. Whatever. It's kind of like that. But how many times can you run into a wall, man? But but just tell me, because <laughs> I'm completely ignorant when it comes to video games, which I think some people are as well. Um, it is one of those video game. It's one of those games where um, you're in like a big created world, mm-hmm. right? And you got to move through it and and do stuff. Yes. It's not a... Um, how do you describe what that kind of game is? So for people who do play games and people that don't play games, this is more linear than your, your open world games like, I don't know, I haven't played Skyrim or Elden Ring. So closer to Tomb Raider yeah, than it's, anything. It's, it's, so it's like, more linear like than you think. Red Dead Redemption is open world. Yes. Which yes. means like you can literally wander around and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And, and, a, and, a, and, and some entertainment will come your way. Yes, and you can take multiple quests at different times in different orders and that kind of stuff. Okay. This kind of is, is linear in its fashion. Okay, so you got to move through... Yeah. kind of stages so to speak yeah and i would say it's it's akin to like playing a movie rather than exploring than a digital world you know yeah. i think did you ever play alice i haven't played almost anything okay. I, that's what i'm did saying you, I'm, did you play alice i have not oh, alice is amazing but yeah that also takes you it's like a very suggested you can kind of veer off a little bit but yeah it doesn't take you anyway and and the basic premise is that the the world Zombies. is it's a zombie apocalypse film uh, I mean, game and series. And now series, um, yeah. Based on a fungus, the cordyceps, that will take over a host and control its brain. You see it in the insect world, and now it's made its way to human beings. Because of climate change. Because of climate change. Because of climate because change. Because of the temperature rising. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's it, and it's plausible. It is plausible. Plausible, scary, and it's, there's a lot of drama and a lot of interpersonal dynamics. It's not just fighting monsters it's fighting people there's in been very sex. few there's monsters cults. in the, yeah. these two episodes yeah i mean it's more about how depressing it is to exist 20 years after everything went to shit you know okay yeah people are struggling for for basic necessities and everyone is hella depressed and okay. sad yeah but you're enjoying the show i'm loving it yeah it's really true to the game in many ways and it's taken its own liberties but they've been very sensitively decided upon i think because neil Druckmann, the director of the game series has been like hands-on so he directed I, the second well i've got a feeling that him and craig mason did everything together and they're mm. just sharing credits. i think they've partnered up on it properly and they've like deci- they've decided like what is worth showing that you can't show in a game that doesn't make sense for that medium that now makes sense for the screen sure, you know but it's interesting that they are very similar mm. mediums it's not like a book in a film where yeah where I felt the the second episode was like felt like a video game to me I've never played the game yeah but just like the way that they moved and the decisions that they made it felt like a yeah and it was slow and contemplated and quiet and tense in a way that when you're the character in the game you're using your flashlight to explore places and look through drawers and find supplies and stuff and they were it felt very much like that and mm. I was worried that that pacing and that mood wouldn't translate but for the first time in, I would say, ever, they've managed to to convey that transition. Video games don't often translate well. No, man. And Resident Evil was a really good um, example of how to do it badly. Uh, time why? and time and time again. What I did the they do wrong? And the TV show. Um, yeah, the movie and the TV series. And the TV series was closer and the new Resident Evil film was even closer, but it didn't hit the mark of how gothic and quiet and alone you, f- you felt 
in the games. Sure, there oh, were s- sequences where there'd be boss fights or, you know, Japanese-style But how you encounters. felt playing the game is yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you look at Resident Evil 2, it's in but a But of course, how you feel playing the game could be largely different for each person. That's true, that's true. But, but, I, but, but I think Hollywood... a common thread. Hollywood, especially the first few Resident Evil films with, with Miller, um, it was very action-y, very action-y yeah, yeah. and very tech-based. And sure, there's, a, there's this massive... Umbrella Corporation that's like CD and wreaking havoc and they're like tech and bio bioweaponry but the essence of the gameplay was I mean piano score gothic old museum that was converted into a police station so super gothic gargoyle and like okay. ornate and lots of walking around lots of walking around and hearing your footsteps <laughs> on a shiny surface you know and hearing stuff in the background and you're like oh shit when is that when is that thing coming for me and it was more like yeah. The anticipation and the anxiety um, that that they missed out on, and they're they're still trying to get there. And I, I don't know if they ever will with Resident Evil, but Last of Us, cool. nailing it, nailing I'm it. I'm there for it. Um, what else? What else? Um, M Night Shyamalan's Servant, loving ah, it on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, loving it. Get oh, Apple cool. TV for that. It's Have really you watched cool. all of it. Um, I've watched up until the end of season three and the first episode of season four. Oh, this is, this is, it's going on. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't finish season one. It's got, really? uh, it's got all the, the Harry Potter dude. Yeah, it's Mr. Grint. Grint. Mr. Grint, Grint and the, Grint. The, the dude from one of the first uh, Black Mirror episodes. And yeah, he, it's pretty good. I think, I think it, it takes a certain kind of audience. I think Gad might not be enjoying it as much as my wife and I have been, but like it's it's slow and creepy and weird. Slow, and creepy, and weird. Yeah, I, yeah. No. I didn't I didn't <laughs> stop for any particular reason. I'm mean, just it's too it's much so, to watch these days. Dude. You know, how, yeah, there is. <laughs> that's like kind a, of why we catalog this, is endless. That's why we've got this this podcast is yeah. to kind of try and help figure that out. Um, you know, there's a handful of people that work for Netflix that have to write those adjectives irreverent, offbeat, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they tag all the things. To, it's all part of the algorithm. Yeah. There, there should be that slow, creepy, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would maybe not put, uh, you know, everyone onto it, but there would be certain people that I think would be like, ooh, I like slow, creepy, weird. Yeah. And partial cult, cultism and occultism. Yeah. Very weird. Very nice. Okay. Very good. All, all the right, good so things. That, that, that ticks a box for you. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's well, on, that's for on TV Apple shows, TV. Yeah, What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple TV it's Plus. Apple. Yeah. Um, when it comes to TV shows that are kind of seemingly never ending, I, I must say I got to be quite careful as to like yeah. what I'm gonna yeah. invest my time in. Yeah, like I, I can do I can do a slow, creepy, weird limited series. Yeah. So I know there's an end, but personally, I'm like I can't go down this hole. For, yeah. For I also long. I never got into Twenty Four. I never got into Lust. I never got into any of that kind of stuff because it, yeah. it felt like a massive personal investment. Where, I mean, Game of Thrones, I, I invested into because yeah. it was just a hell of a lot of fun. Just like, I was, yeah, great. I wanted to be a part what of it. What a ride! It was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of the series where it's like four or five seasons or above, I just, yeah, it scares me. It really scares me because if I knew Breaking Bad was going to be six seasons, there's no way I would have started watching it. But well, I, I've, I got I've cautiously early. waited. I haven't done Breaking Bad, and I know how incredible it is. And it's just a part of me is like, I don't, know whether I, I don't know whether I've got the emotions for this. <laughs> like I started Welcome to Chippendales because I thought that was kind of interesting and fun. That's on Disney+. Plus. seems quite heavy, actually. It, it, it then gets, it's, it's now getting sort of more and more harrowing and more and more like, like we're watching our character um, 
become yeah less less of a morally good person <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm like oh no i don't know, know whether i want to be here for this <laughs> but i'm gonna persevere for a bit but cool a show popped up on disney plus it's a danny devito produced animated show called little demon little ah. demon yeah so okay. he's he's the devil danny devito and he has a kid with someone a lady on earth played by aubrey plaza oh cool and then she's the antichrist the daughter Makes okay. perfect sense to me. And she starts to develop all these like powers. But animated TV show. Yeah. Okay. It's like ten or eleven episodes or something on Disney Plus. Okay. Little Nicky two point yeah, yeah, I've been watching them in the bath. You've been watching them in the bath. Thank you yeah. for that lovely. Yeah, I need good lovely picture. I need good light entertainment Gad, for the bath. Gad loves a good bath. <laughs> I mean, I do too. Do you? Yeah. I must say, I'm not a bather guy. Yeah. It's podcasts or. You need, you, you, got, you got to have a certain schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get one of the, a, a good old bath, a bath mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get one of those like um, shelves that go over your bath. Oh, so yeah. Do you not have one by now? That's, that's ridiculous. I can build you one, dude. Yeah. I can make you one. For a man who baths as much as you, I would have thought. It's ridiculous. Send me the dimensions of your bath <laughs> okay. and any accessories that you want. <laughs> I'll build you one. Yeah. No, he loves a good bath. I'll never forget there was a time. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Gad. I've got no secrets. There was a there was a, a a point in Gad's life where he um he was quite financially um unstable for for a moment, and he'd expressed the fact that he only had a certain amount of money available for him for that week or something until payday or until he his next bit of money came in, and uh, we stopped at a garage and and he'd expressed this and I empathized with my good friend who was not not doing too well financially and then he came out of the garage with a with a bubble bath <laughs> and I was like um I thought you said you didn't have any money bud and he's like priorities <laughs> and then we drove we carried on driving and I was like I think if there's ever a moment that that best epitomizes the kookiness of gad it was that my wife has a theory that you know most people when you when you have flu and they're like, eat the healthiest food you can. Steam broccoli, all the nuts, seeds, fresh yeah. fruit. She's like, no, eat mac and cheese because comfort food will make you feel better in your heart and you will heal quicker it's if you eat a, comfort food. That's not a bad yeah, thing. It's plan. the same, same kind of like principle there. I did my first um, recreational ivy drip. The other oh, day. I've heard about you go to those ivy bars. Yeah. Well, um, but that, uh, that Testaro. You know, the yeah. guys that were sort of our saviors in the last two years in terms of helping us decide whether or not we have COVID or not. Yeah. Um, they offer this, probably amongst other people, because um, they're mobile. They're a mobile nurse company, effectively. That's what they are. And so you can pay for them to come to your house. This sounds so privileged. But it was the reason was, is Leslie, my partner, has been very sick. And she's been on antibiotics and, and she just can't kind of like get over the line. She's like finished the course. She's been on two courses. Starting to feel better, but just needed like that thing to go over the line. And so there's this this kind of concoction that um, helps your immunity and, and just pumps you with vitamins. And I was now starting to feel a little sick too. And so I was like, I'll get one too. So she they came to our house and put a drip in and I feel fantastic. Oh, so it works. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of creepy. You got like your arm, your arm gets a bit cold. Yeah, 
as it sort of goes in. But I'm lucky in the fact that I've never really been too sick. I've never been in hospital for any kind of major mm. thing. I've had one or two little things across the years, but like I'm not certainly not sickly. So like I haven't had almost any experience with a drip. I can't remember the last time I was ever on a drip. <laughs> so it was kind of like a bit haunting to kind of get all, all hooked up. But it's fantastic. The future is now. Um, so there was some interview with someone. I think he was a comedian who was talking about how he like hung out with Dave Chappelle and was like going to do a show with him and sort of met him earlier in the day and backstage or something. And old Chappelle had this. Right? Like yeah. he travels, when he travels in the world, he has someone that gives him an Ivy drip every just now and again. Juices him up. Just juices him up with some good stuff. Was it Gilly? No, no, it wasn't Gilly who told me this. It was uh, some podcast that I heard. Uh. And so this guy was like, yeah, occasionally <laughs> one does this. And it's, me, it's just good for you. Makes me think of the most random a, thing. There's an Avi bar somewhere close by. Yeah, and then there are a few of those that now exist for you to walk in so and, I, and I, get a drip. Are you know, Ivy League. It <laughs> <laughs> makes me think of the weirdest thing is the the juice weasel with Jim Carrey on In Living Color, and he just like juices everything from garbage to like lip nappies, and he's like ninety years old, and he pulls in a he pulls a truck in by his teeth, and he's like, it's the juice. <laughs> <laughs> that was a TV show. Yeah, yeah. In Living Color. Yeah, I think it was like the Wayne's Brothers and a, a bunch of comedians made their yeah. made their mark on the society. So Jim Carrey that. started was In Living Color. Yeah, 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 super cool. Um, okay, so we need to at some point try and find something for you to rent, but I feel like you, <laughs> it's probably more the other way around. I've got a feeling you've got more um, stuff that you're watching. What do, what do you, what do you want to see more of? What do I want to see more of? Um, I mean, just... Or, or are you looking for something new? I'm looking for a, anything about Denny Villeneuve, please. <laughs> okay but have you watched all this stuff I've, I've actually I've made a point to go back and watch some stuff um, I watched Enemy for the first time again the other day okay, I mean I've for the first time Enemy. the other day oh my good lord okay. Jake Gyllenhaal weird drama okay he uses old Gyllenhaal a lot yeah. because he's also in Prisoners yeah Prisoners I only watched That's last wild. year yeah 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 same because it's on Netflix I fell in love with it Denis like, Villeneuve Villeneuve and he's a lovely quite understated French Canadian director, yes. Who um, everything he's done is incredible. Pretty much, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, forty nine, Arrival, um, Arrival, Arrival's wild. Genius. I think that's the only movie of his I've seen. I love. You Arrival. haven't seen the new Blade Runner or the later latest Blade Runner? Did you watch Dune? Dune, like Blade ten, Runner. Ten minutes of it. Okay, not for me. <laughs> I am now reading Dune. Oh wow! Because that bus never came past me. Up until now. Me neither. Have you read? No. Okay. No, no, no. Have you uh, read Dune? You strike me as someone who would have read it. No. You haven't? If I read it, I definitely would have watched the movie. But I mean, you would have known if you'd read it. I definitely haven't read it. So yeah. I know I okay. No, exactly. Yeah. Cole's read it. Graham's read it. You yeah. said Graham's so read like it. It's like a thousand pages or something. Yeah, it's a thicky. It's yeah. a thicky. But it's, it's, it's a lot so of far, stuff. So far, so good. Because the second part of Dune is now coming out at the end of this year. And so mm. I kind of want to try and be that person who's read the source material before yeah. I watch the movie. I like to be surprised. Yeah, well, I like, I, I haven't done that in my life, really. I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I haven't, you know, there's a handful of, you know, I never read the Harry Potter books. Yeah. I never really watched the movies either, to be honest. <laughs> I did them once as an adult, once they were all out. But yeah, I just, to me, 
Dune just feels like one of those books where I would um, I, I would like to read. I mean, I've seen the first movie, mm. which is it's the first half. Do you want to be able to, to A and B it? You know, yeah. Just like, oh, it's insane oh, to oh, think cool. that Lynch made a David Lynch made a Dune movie. Yeah, which he sort of. Um, disowned at one point yeah my wife hated it she, like when we saw dune at the cinema um she went back and watched that and then she just warned me against it she's like no nah, dude just just don't and we love david lynch okay and she was like don't watch the don't david watch it lynch don't dune. watch it it is cringe it's kind of yeah it's kind of lost it's yeah, sort of, which is it's unfortunate back shelf it's unfortunate it's so unfortunate have you seen um the fablemans Mm-mm, no okay david lynch has got a little cameo in it oh cool it's lovely and i didn't even pick it up at the time and then only once we finished, Cole was like, oh, yeah, and David Lynch. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Obviously. And then you realize, like, who he was in the movie. And it's they lovely. got seven nominations. Fablemans. Oh, yeah. So I love Twin Peaks. I really think that's... Oh, you see, that ship Frost. also was just not right for me. I tried. I've tried, like, twice, and I can't get into it Twin Peaks. It is very strangely paced. Like, I think the pacing is what gets people off. Like, he holds shots for <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And there's just, like, a lot of stuff happening, but... If you, did if you watch the later ones as well? I did. I did. Um, I thought they were pretty cool. I don't think it quite hit the nail on the head for me. There were some really gnarly, cheap visual effects that I think, I don't know if he tried to, tried to like do it intentionally. Weird. But just, it was an interesting art project with some really cool moments, but okay. it, it didn't feel as cohesive as the first two seasons in the film. Um, Has it yeah. only ever been two seasons? Mm, yeah, season one and two, and then the movie, and then 20 years later or whatever, however long, 30 years, I can't remember. There have been a few movies, hey? Yeah, there's Firewalk, Firewalk with me, me, and then I think and then there was something else, but I've, I've only really watched that. I don't that think there was another movie. No. no. There was just the season later, much later. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. The pilot was pretty pretty long, but um, yeah, I love that. Uh, but going back to what I'd like to see more of is a, maybe a Steven Spielberg-directed or produced Jurassic Park film. Because that <laughs> whole franchise for me is, it's been a very sad thing. It's my favorite film. Oh, you're saying that's what you would like yeah, to see? Yeah, I would like see. to see okay. that. Did, did he do Lost? I think he did the first two. He did. Yeah, yeah he did the first two. First two, yeah. yeah. And I, I really enjoy the first two for, uh, for their there's different a, merit. There's an interesting, um, speaking of dinosaur movies, <laughs> there's an interesting Adam Driver film coming out Ooh. at some point where yeah. um, it's a time, well, they're, like, they're in space, they're in like a spacecraft, and um, they go through some wormhole, land and crash land on a planet, and then it's discovered. I don't think this is a spoiler because it kind of you get it in the trailer that they're actually um, they've somehow sort of warped through time, and then they are in a prehistoric Earth. Very cool. Um, anything dinosaurs, kind of, I'm I'm like with. Him, yeah, <laughs> I really do. Cool. Stoked on dinosaurs. Um, what are you uh, involved in at the moment? What kind of keeps you busy now? Um, work-wise or personally? Mm, work-wise, work-wise yeah. um, a, a lot of TV commercials. I'm in prep for two commercials at the moment. And at the end of last year, I was fortunate enough to shoot a, a really lovely drama for CakeNet, a oh, Silver cool. Scatum short, which was really, really cool. Um, and I was really honored to tell such a personal story. I can't really give too much away, but it's, yeah, it's we, a we lovely made, drama. Yeah, okay. That's in the narrative yes. what, short? Narrative short, yeah. 20-minute film. Yeah, we met, film. Um, we've just recently released an episode with Brett de Groot, who's a more of a musical theater maker, funny enough, but he's, he did a cake net documentary short. He's just recently shot it. Yeah. So, it's a, it's okay. a cool, it's a cool vehicle to, to meet new people and try new things and 
this particular story just happened to happened to resonate with me and I think that okay. was like very fortuitous and the stars aligned with myself, the producer and the director. We'll look out for it and you can maybe share it with us when it comes out. So I that will we can, definitely do that. Because it'll all be on, um, on Showmax at some point, yes. right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all later this year, I think like August the festival is and that, okay. ha- that happens. And, and commercials later. is what keeps you busy. That's it. Yeah, that's the bread and butter and mm. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's like... It's I'd imagine commercials modes, could be you know? really good because it's it's short bite sized stuff. Yeah, something new and fresh. Yeah, and, and and like different directors have different ways of working. You get to work with different crew all the time. So I think um, if I was in strictly narrative world, I'd have my people and or people that are available, and you stick with them for weeks or months. Mm. With commercials, you get to it's kind of like a traveling band and you get to hang out yeah. with your your mates occasionally and be like hey dude i haven't seen you in three months I yeah seen you in two weeks you know yeah really nice because that's kind of what the band world's like definitely you're yeah. also only with something for a day or two days at yeah. a festival or something especially and, touring then yeah like, and i've i've always said that it's so interesting when i come back from like a two-week tour with short straw i've said it to a few people where it's like it feels like every day is a holiday like every day is like a new holiday where yeah. you're like it's a new person a new location a new set of hopes and dreams a new sort of adventure a yeah. new complication or, yes <laughs> you know or you know the times when we were single it was like okay this is a new like opportunity yeah you know today's a new day to <laughs> see you know who's going to be there today that you might get to know connect with yeah um okay yeah i would imagine that's cool it is cool um yeah there's a there's a, there's a switching of modes, like mental modes and look modes and approach modes that is cool about commercials because you'll be thinking about three or four at the same time. If you're lucky, you'll be working on two or three at the same time. And um, it's all different director approaches, different approaches to the cinematography, to the lighting. Um, and it's a challenge, you know. It's a challenge to like try and shift those gears. Okay. And that's what I think would makes a good DOP is the person that can... Oh, we're doing we're doing a kooky comedy thing here. Yeah, or like so a we're high shoot cosmetic it in this way. Product, like a, I don't know, like a fashion-looking thing or a cosmetic-looking thing or something for like a soap company, and then it's like because you're very much involved in. It's not just the composite. It's not just the position of the camera. It's also what that scene looks like. The lighting yeah, of that yeah. scene. So you're seeing just something in a haunted forest. Yes, yeah, a little Tinkies commercial. Yes. That, so was that okay. all a set? Like no, inside. that was in a forest uh, at oh, the back of St. Studians. Yeah. I saw that ad. And it was really fun. And we had 28 setups to get through between 7 p.m. and midnight. And it was an it was like the amazing race of getting through all these scenes. The kids couldn't work later than that. No, exactly. If you have a limit limit to how long the age, the actor agents allow you to have talent on set, which is super ethical and I abide yeah. by it. Yeah, so yeah. I, a challenge accepted. So, yeah, man, it's... Uh, Shifting modes and, and uh, the role of the cinematographer or the DOP is to take the director's idea, the treatment or the vision, mood boards, script, mm. and make it happen within a certain time frame and certain budget. And then raise flags early on if, if things aren't going to work. Yeah. And, and that was red. And Thanks, I really like Tinkies. They made me yeah. want more Tinkies. Yeah. <laughs> My wife <laughs> has a Tinkies a problem. Tink- she loves them. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. I haven't eaten one since I was six. Me neither. I can't walk <laughs> past one of that like buying it. I love those South African products <laughs> where like in the rest of the world it's a Twinkie and then someone who was obviously privileged enough to go to America in the 80s was like, I will bring this to Africa and I will call it a Tinkie. Yes. Like I don't think there's any legal thing. 
no. or any connection. It's like we will call them Tinkies. It's basically the same thing. And we will make them this way. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, tinkies yeah, yeah. are so much better. I'm not going to lie. Are they better than the old Caramello Bear? Do you remember those? The Caramello Bear. Do you remember that? They still kind of do them, but they're I not the same. remember the name. The recipe. Oh, my God. There was something in there. It was like that delicious sugar melted yeah, garbage. Yeah, you see like sort of, yeah, fake garbage. Punch your pancreas in the face <laughs> <laughs> and have a nap. <laughs> Just a fat nap. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I don't know whether I can really help you find something to watch because, um, th- but I mean, that sounds very defeatist. Do you have Disney? But um, no, I think I had a trial, like a, a trial of Disney. Um, Can't remember. You might appreciate. Okay, do- okay, dark, twisted, weird. Yeah, you'd appreciate the menu. Have you watched the menu? Did you no. watch it? Did you I watch seen it? I've seen it. I've it's heard interesting. good things. Yeah, it's cool. It's just because it's different. It's a bit offbeat, and it's a bit. I, I must say, I did want a little more from it. Fair enough. But it is on Disney Plus, and it is just dark, twisted, and weird. Cool. I'll rent that. Do you do like a yeah. do you do contracts? Do you do like a five day deal? <laughs> got a little got a little card. You got to pay up front. You get, the, you get the streaming link. But yeah, the uh, basic idea is that. Um, but I want a VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a VHS. <laughs> you got to rewind all the way to 4K the 4K VHS, please. Um, Beta only. There's hipsters, a, yeah. They've obviously there's something in the water. So there's a bunch of these movies now that are kind of playing on um, class and sort of poking fun at the rich. Um, films like Triangle of Sadness and The Menu and there's like a few others so The Menu is kind of one of them where it's like you know you see so many of these jokes or critiques about billionaires and, and things on the internet and so you can see how this kind of is brewing in such a way that people are going to be making these kinds of films yeah so it's the zeitgeist is, of society yeah and so it's poking a little fun at that and so a bunch of privileged folk have gotten this ticket to go to this private island where there's this famous chef who's going to make a menu um, and of course, um, it all descends into chaos. Fantastic! I'm, it's I'm lovely. Sold. Uh, yeah, but as I said, I, I, I did want more trickery. I did want more. I did want. I did want to be played a bit more. But it's still great. Mm. I got what I want from the movie. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but mm. yeah, it's it's definitely worth your time. So, did yeah. you get what I mean when I said like nice pairing of the triangle of sadness? Yeah. Yeah, the two are kind of are, are, are quite similar in that regard. You've have you heard of that? I have not. Triangle of Sadness. This is the first for me. That one, uh, the Palm d'Or. Yeah, it's a can film. So it's like, it's an art house film in the sense that it's it's a little bizarre. Uh, you, I think you'd probably prefer Triangle of Sadness more than you would the menu. Um, if I think I've got you right. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, as Gad said, won the Palm d'Or in Cannes. Yeah, it's mm. kind of focused around these two influencer slash supermodels, a guy and a girl, and they, yeah, they go on a super yacht, um, which is, um, uh, you know, obviously not a huge cruise liner, like a small yacht, yes, yes. where the wealthy are there, like Russian as oligarchs. As an influencer, she just got a. She got it for free, so that's how they kind of get on it. And it's a lovely play on how the people serve the rich, how the rich, what they expect. Okay. But it's a kooky, it's, 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 it's offbeat. Okay, it's, lovely. It's kooky in the fact that like, yeah. I've, they I've catch often, all these weird moments and yeah, you see the staff on the boat and it's, it's real and so strange. And, um, and so, so it's this kind of bizarre humor, the Scandinavian humor, this D- Danish filmmaker who made The Square. I don't know if you've seen The Square. No, no. I'm very and excited then, to check this and out. And then what happens is um, 
I don't want to get into it, but basically they, they wreck and they get marooned on this island. And then, of course, things can sort of change it's or things can war. shift. Because like the movie's got these very now, distinct parts that comes up, like part one, part, part two. two. Yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah, it's one of those. One of the it's one of the films of the year. The menu and Triangle of Sadness are the two like kind of kooky ones. But don't go in. Maybe menu is a little more linear, but don't go into that Triangle of Sadness expecting something sort of easy, rational, or rational. It's cool. A bit, it's a bit odd, and I think you'd like that. I'm a sponge, ready, ready, okay. ready for it. Magic. Okay, I think we need to get on with our day. Cool. Yeah. I've got Does candy to make. Gad's got candy to make. <laughs> Have you tried his how, rock? Yes. How sweet of you. Hey. <laughs> Just a sweet guy. Have you, have you tried some of the Gad rock? I have, and okay. they're delicious. Lovely. I had one. Carrie Ann gave me some at, at like a whiskey flavor. What are the ones I made for Muse? Dude, so delicious. Oh, because it had like a Jim Beam theme to it. Yeah, yeah. So one was whiskey and one was cherry cola. Oh my yeah. God, they're so good, dude. Yeah, they are so good. Get some of that rock. All right, Duty, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me, man. It's lovely to chat. Love your work. Thanks Thanks for keeping this whole thing alive. It's super rad what you're doing. Magic. We'll chat to you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, what a lovely chat. The moment I saw the man in his The Thing t-shirt, I knew it was going to be a good chat. So it was great to get to know him better and catch up and and have you join us for that. So thank you for listening and getting to this part of the episode. We are thevideostore.co.za if you want to share the love. At that link, you can see all the platforms and the social media links. And so it'd be great for you to join the community. Let us know if there are shows that we are not talking about and should and just chime in. We'd love to hear your feedback. Rating and reviewing goes a long way, so please take a moment, if you feel the love, to give us a rating and a review. It really means the world. All right, and once again, for those who came through to our event at the Bioscope last week, you're a doll, and we appreciate your support. It was a Video Store Presents night, and we did Eagle vs. Shark because of Valentine's. So we will be doing more and more. So please keep an eye out on those and we will be announcing them at these moments, at these um, episodes as a build-up. All right, uh, you keep safe and we appreciate you for listening and we will see you again real soon. Cheers.